Brad Hort talks sci-fi and magicians. Welcome back to Phil Room, folks. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another Pure Phantom Podcast of Brad and Court Talk. I'm Brad. And I'm Court. Well, B, growing up, there was this little game we played called I Declare War. And me thinks that Margo mastered that when she was growing up. What um, do you think? Did you, have you heard of it? Uh, Margo the Destroyer. Hello. I'm saying she was named appropriately. Was, Good job, Elliot. We kind of laughed at that when it happened at first, but eh, she's living up to it. I mean, she's badass. Look at how she did this entire episode. Oh, Do not come in and geez. demand anything from Margot. No. She will destroy you. Don't call her a virgin either. Oh, don't do that. No. Don't you dare. All right. Before we break down the episode, just want to remind everybody out there to check us out over at purefandom.com. A lot of great writers over there. If there's a show or movie that you love, someone over there is writing something amazing about it. And Court, how can the good people reach us? Well, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at JenDev, and he's Brad ZB. Be sure to follow Up Here Fandom as well, just to keep up to date on our latest articles as they're being posted. Also, check out Pure Fandom on Facebook, and we have a Facebook group. Actually, we have a couple of Facebook groups. We have a Facebook group for Brad and Court Talk, where we pretty much gab and talk about everything that we like, including uh, the magicians. We usually have a live discussion on Wednesday nights when the episode is on, mm-hmm. and I also try to post in there for Riverdale. And again, whatever shows we happen to like, or if there's a movie going on, like Logan's coming out this week, or Get Out was awesome. If you haven't seen it, go see it. So we'll just drop things in there like that. I think I'm going to go see Logan this weekend. I'll have to go solo because, uh, you know, my wife doesn't want to go see it. (gasps) But it looks so good. She's not a big X-Men fan or anything. And she's like, who's Logan? I said, Wolverine. I'm like, oh, never mind. I'm just going. (laughs) Even with how bad some of the movies got, like, I'm not a fan of most of the Wolverine movies. I am pumped for this. I was not excited to see this movie. I I was done with Wolverine. I don't need to see anything else with him. But the promos, the trailers for this look amazing. Yeah, and it is rated R. So if you're taking your children to it, it's rated R. I I got a friend of mine who's in the movie business, and he's been out there for, he's been doing it for, God, as long as, years. I've known him for a long time. And he's like... Every time to say he had the same problem with Deadpool. People don't bring your kids to R-rated movies. There's a reason behind it. Yeah, I heard somebody took their kids to see John Wick, and that was I love John Wick Part Two, but that was all shooting all the time. That's not the place for the kids. I still remember actually going to see the South Park movie in the movie theater, and this couple brought in their children, and I they left with you know within the first five minutes because you know did, the opening. Did they not know? No, apparently I love the opening song on South Park. You know the movie <laughs> because too. it just gets Me everybody too. out of there. But anyhow, we're getting off topic. Let's get into magicians. <laughs> R-rated movies. Don't take your kids yes. to them. I don't even yes. know if your kids should be watching The Magicians, honestly. But Oh, know. no. Even though they kind of mute out the curse words sometimes. Yeah, but still. There's other content. Yeah, so come and drop by our group and chit-chat with us. As you saw, we can get sidetracked, and we like to talk about lots of things. So Brian Court Talk on Facebook. Or if you also like Van Helsing, we've been posting everything that we can find on the new season. They've already shot, started shooting for that. Also for 12 Monkeys, I think they finished wrapping today. Oh, did they? Yes, Amanda Shaw, she posted that she had finished up, uh, you know, filming all the scenes for Cassie. So, well, we're going to have three is coming soon. Yeah, we're going to have to look into that because we're going to move on to 12 Monkeys too because we love that show. Yep. We, a side note, we also did an interview with um, Amin El Gamal, who mm-hmm. is going to be in the Prison Break revival that's coming up. So, yeah. you know, go ahead and check that out too. 
It was, it was a lot of fun. It was apparently his first podcast that he ever done. So yeah, it was a lot of fun talking to him, finding oh, out he fun, was awesome. some, some fun stuff. I'm kind of looking forward to that now. So what's this episode about? So this week was episode two, episode six of the Cock Barons. So again, no, your children should not be watching the magicians. No, no, not at all. Because I wasn't talking about uh, the dude from Looney Tunes. But no. yeah, the Cock Barons. <laughs> Uh, it was directed by Kate Woods and written by Noga Lando. Q returns to House Quinn for Alice's memorial, and he sees a familiar ghostly face in the crowd. Margot and Elliot are under siege and surrounded by Cac Byrons. Penny enlists the help of the map maker. So it's a lot going on. Everybody's engaged in something. And of course, uh, Julia tracks down the woman who managed to lock away Renard. But it's not quite what she bargained for. No. Can I say that I love the map maker? He is so set with his job. Yeah. <laughs> He's very me. focused. He's like, everything's wrong. The castle's gone. I got to redo this. I'm like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but he still had time to make Penny's map, so it worked out. I, yes, he did. At least he got that done. Now, there was one thing that happened, and it was in the trailer for what, you know, previously on The Magicians. That I don't think we brought up before. How did Marina know about the girl who banished Renard? Well, Marina gets around, and she was one of the baddest hedge witches in, in town or in the entire country. Like, she was one of the top two, at least, because okay. there was the East Coast and West Coast. And, of course, we know the West Coast chick got killed by Renard before he came for Marina. So, like, she's been around, and she knows things. Like, if Julia and Katie have come to her when they first started dabbling in whatever they were doing and she might have been able to tell them because she knew about this chick who also um, was raped by Renard 40 years ago and she was able to capture him okay. and I guess banish him. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. I was like, did she, she didn't find out when she asked her she already died. No, well, she had remember, to find out. Remember when, um, when Julia and the Beast first kidnapped her trying to get her to help, she was like, uh, no, no thanks. And then she ran away and went back to um, Breakbills trying to find help because she knew how bad this thing was. So she, she clearly knows okay. about Renard. That makes sense. It was just something that, you know, came up and I was just like, hold on. Okay. Yeah, that's a good question. It, it just had me going there for a second. So we pick up with Quentin. He's back in Fillory after his cheat day off. And... Of course, he he saw Alice, and we were talking about the the way the last episode ended, where she was mouthing something, and there was a a, a gif, a gif, on the magician's Twitter page where they literally had the words "Help me." That that's what she was saying. So we were right. Yeah, we were ninety percent sure that was it, but then it was still one of those. I don't know. She could say be something saying something else. Yeah, but nope, she was saying help me. So, of course, Q being Q, he goes off to Fillory and he finds Margot and Elliot, who don't quite believe him. They think he's hallucinating the whole thing. Uh, but they are kind of giggling when he's doing his whole, whole summoning thing, trying oh, to get her to come. Yes, he, you know, his Circus de la Soul or the, whatever it was. <laughs> Cirque du Soleil. Cirque du Soleil, it's Circus de la Soul. Yeah, uh, it, that's, that's cool too. Or what was the... Uh, what was a Netflix show? Why did I lose this in my mind already? Oh, uh, the the diet? No. Not the Senegalese diet? No. The, oh, oh, the QA. Oh, wait. The QA. Oh, wait. Yeah, he was, do, he was doing the movements to bring her back. Yeah. <laughs> but it made her giggle. So oh, he, yeah. he was doing that, trying to attract her and get her to come back from the other side. 
Yeah, and it didn't really work that way. So, yeah, he has to go see the parents at the wake. And apparently they all have a very different view on how Alice thought of them, especially Stephanie. She was just tad out there a little bit. Well, her mother was self-centered when we first saw her in in last season's episode. Oh, even more so when she's explaining to people what, you know, her daughter was like to her. The, their nice relationship and everything. I was like, yeah, hmm, that's going to come back later. And sure enough, it did. Broke some glass. So we saw Ghost Alice show back, or as I was calling, Emo Alice, because we find, you know, the other Alice later on. Uh, she writes the ghost number on the painting to open up her father's uh, office, which I was kind of confused at for a little bit because I was like, wow, she scratched that in there and did it stay? But no, when he turned around, it had already disappeared. So it was only mm-hmm. something that Quentin could see, which also threw you back into this whole idea of going, is he just seeing this stuff himself or is it, you know, actually happening? Or it's for a very different reason that we'll talk about uh, from later in the episode when they come face to face. True. We will get there. Yes. Uh, we want to go over thing and you just want to stick on the Alice thing and just go through that now. Oh yeah. We can go through the whole thing. So uh, of course there's a moment. I, I enjoyed the, his interaction, not so much with Stephanie. Again, she was too self-centered for me. Like she had this whole narrative about what her daughter was really like and what their relationship was really about. And as you were talking about every time she would say something about her relationship or something about Alice, that wasn't reality at all. It would crack the mirror. It would mess mm-hmm. up what Quentin was trying to do. I really enjoyed more so his interaction with her father. And I like the whole story of how um, he, he would, there was uh, what was the cat's name Atlantis Morissette yes yeah had climbed up onto the roof I guess and he was too afraid he was afraid of heights so he couldn't go and get it and Alice had to go up and get it herself but of of course the cat didn't really survive and like he tries like he really does try to help Quentin in that moment he climbs the ladder and for whatever reason lets go I don't don't know who does that and he ends up breaking his legs rather than uh, help Quentin with what he's doing well he he attempted to do it the first time and then he's just like I can't do it and runs away but we also come back with Alice kind of led him into her father's study and brought the book about making the pyramid yeah so was it which Alice was it that was doing that? So, okay, let's get into this discussion. Okay. So later, we when he does finally make contact with her, he's like, well, I tried to summon you and you didn't show up. And um, Niff and Alice, she said, oh, babe, I was there the whole time. Apparently, she's been riding around on his tattoo, his um, Keanu. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Yes, I believe so. <laughs> I don't think it's Keanu. No, it's not Keanu. It's <laughs> You have John Wick on your brain. His, I have John his, Wick on his the brain. His Q tattoo, because it's yes, what, you know, yes, right his Quentin tattoo um, that they were using with the battle magic. It wasn't strong enough to defeat um, Niff and Alice, because of course she's badass. I don't know what and completely powerful. Um, instead, it it took her to the only place that it could. It took her back to Quentin. So all this time, this is really creepy. Now that I'm thinking of last week's episode where he was sleeping with the other chick with uh-huh. Alice's face. Oh my god! Yuck. Okay. So, yeah, she's been in the tattoo all this time. So when he saw Alice in the, in, at the end of last week's episode, he was seeing Alice, I think. 
but not Niffinalis. Um, so we know Niffinalis, once she unleashed that, all that power, whatever, she took over Alice's body and she became Alice. Like that, that's who she is right now. But her shade, the Alice that we've always known, they, they got separated and maybe they're still riding together, kind of trying to dominate for control of whatever Alice happens to be right now. But of course, the Niffin is stronger than the shade. Well, I don't know if, see, I was going backwards. I thought that the Niffin was the shade because like how the uh, um, the beast always said, if I take out your shade, then you won't have to worry about any of this. Well, that would be right. Alice would be the shade then because that's the part of her that, that has compassion and everything like that. Right. Her soul. So, yeah, that makes sense. So she has been there the whole time, which actually goes back to my thing that I was talking about. Did she actually carve the numbers on the painting or was was he just seeing that? He was just seeing that because she was in his body, in his brain. So. I think so. And if, if we are thinking too hard on it, like she, she just worked her magic and, you know, she did carve it in there, but only he could see it. It works either way. Right. And, well, she had the thing. That was the only way that she could end up talking to him, like, I guess, bringing it out. So was it which which Alice wanted the pyramid made? That's a good question because what what is the pyramid going to do? Well, the pyramid was there, so Daniel had to spell that they could kind of bring her back to talk to her to kind of get her soul resting, mm-hmm. but it didn't really happen. They brought her back so he could talk to her mm-hmm. after what would which also didn't make any sense because uh, Stephanie kept breaking America telling lies, but it's looked like the spell kind of brought her back, and so. Q was able to at least, you know, figure out a little bit more. So now that he knows she's there. So the Keiko demon took her back to the tattoo. What happened to the Keiko demon? I'm guessing it's dead by now. I'm thinking it's dead. I don't think we'll see him again because I think they said the, the Keiko demons were one use and done. Okay. So that's the only way he could fight it was taking it back and putting it in prison basically. Right. Okay. So yeah, Daniel's got broken legs. He's scared of heights, uh, and Q finally finds, talks to the Nephanalis. So that's kind of where we left off. She was smoking. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> just barrels of smoke just rolling off of her power and everything. I don't know what's going to happen with him. That's going to be an interesting one there. I'm really hoping that they can rec- reconcile Shade Alice and Niffin Alice and get our Alice back, please. Well, if she's, because they're going to need her for this whole thing, I'm thinking, with Renard. Well, I'm sure you're right. But also, if she's trapped in the tattoo on his back, how does she only get out for a little bit? Or how does that, you know, I'm that's the part that I'm trying to figure out. Is she really out or is that something that he's just seeing? Or did the the pyramid and the mirror thing actually help her get out. That's the part that we're kind of stuck waiting until next week to see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's I, getting there. I have no idea. We know that Alice is still around though. She's not totally dead. Dead. Yay. Thank you. And Olivia is awesome. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing how she comes out. Okay. So Fillory. Fillory. Uh, unicorn milk latte. Never order one unless you really want a unicorn milk latte. Yeah, I don't want to order anything in Fillory at this point in time. <laughs> that, was an, that was an amusing one. Um, and the castle gets taken over. Well, let's let's take it back to the top. Okay. So, uh, 
Margot and Elliot are doing their thing on the throne, just chilling out, and they get a visitor from um, Lorien. Mm-hmm. And it's Princess of Lorien. Prince, Prince S. Right. Prince S, as in Simon or Seth. Not Princess. Because at first, Margot's a little confused. Yeah. Yeah, but now it's Prince S. And Prince S has a proposition. He's very upset and he blames uh, Fillory and its kings and queens for the fact that, well, Ember defiled the well. Yes. Why does everybody blame our, our, our kings and queens? Like, they didn't tell Ember to defile the well. I don't I, understand. Because they're, the I mean, they're the high king and the queen. They're, That's work why. On, they're working on getting it fixed. Well, you know, not fast enough. Well, in order to make peace, Princess has a proposition. And not so much a proposition, he kind of commands it. Yes. He pretty much says that Margot will marry him. And, of course, our Margot reacts in the only way that she can and tells him to kiss her ass. No, no, no. He says the virgin Queen Margot was marry him. <laughs> oh, yes. And when he yes. said that, I said, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like, and Margot kind of had the same reaction. Yeah. Actually, Elliot had the same reaction. <laughs> Everybody was like, what, what? No, not even. Virgin. <laughs> and then he said it a couple more times. Yeah, you're not that close. No, yeah, not at all. Not even. Yeah, so uh, Margot isn't down with the whole idea of this engagement, especially the way he, that he proposes it. And she says, uh, nah. And, well, they get taken hostage, like you said, until Margot changes her mind. As a reason, you know, Margot coming out and being nice and blunt, they take over the castle and uh, apparently are supposed to be transporting it to their land, but it ended up just being an illusion spell. Yeah. Yeah, apparently they're supposed to be settled in, I guess, the, uh, the with the cock of barons or something like that. Well, that's what Benny was calling it. <laughs> well, yeah, because that's what it looked like on the map. Mm-hmm. It was surrounded by... um. A thingamajiggies that look like, uh, yeah. And actually, there's uh, on sci-fi.com slash the magicians. There should be there's a link to it somewhere, and I, I I was there before and I forgot what the name of it was. Uh, oh, explore Fillory. Go to welcome to Fillory.com, and you can go in there and check out all the stuff on there. And I need to shut that because it's going to make noise if y'all don't hear it. But yeah, <laughs> go check it out. It's really cool because you can take a look at all the land and get a little bit more information on it. Yes. So Margot is not down with being told what to do by a bunch of barbarian frat bros. She always has the best lines, unless it's Elliot or a Penny. Like they, those three always have the best lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says that he's unclear on the concept of consent, and so she is so not cool with that. Elliot is a little upset because, l- like her position, similarly when it came to marrying someone that he barely knew or that he didn't know at all, like he went ahead and he took one for the team. So he's basically like, look, why don't you take one for the team or are you better than me? And that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. But he changes his mind when he finds out a little secret from Finn. Well, Finn was trying to tell him for a while and he kept doing his, you know, the Elliot thing because he had other stuff to deal with. Yeah, he's not really happy about her whole uh, relationship with the guy there in the uh, Balin in the prison. Yeah, it seems like Elliot developed some feelings for uh, for Finn. He, he did say that. He's starting to kind of feel for him. So, but I don't... He, and, and like Balin said, it's well known that the High Prince is very fickle when it comes to feelings and will go off and stuff like that. So 
what will happen with that along the way? I think he's got to come back to Finn, or she's going to try to get, you know, try to help him out or something like that. Well, they have to figure something out. They made a human, so. Well, she did tell him. I mean, she she could have walked out on him, but she decided to stay and help out. So she's she's there for him, and they did make a human with a rabbit that says, Pregnant. Pregnant. <laughs> Red Rom. Yeah. So th- they'll they'll get over it as long as she's not plotting to completely destroy him and his friends. Right. Because that could also be a thing. I I don't see her going that way. I see her looking long picture. If she can, if Elliot cannot freak out on her a little bit, I think she's going to stay with Elliot and be good like that. And I am actually, I'd, I'd be cool with that. I like how they are progressing that particular relationship. So he's good gr- for them. He's growing. It's taking him a lot. So. I mean, he is Elliot. It's he's come a long way. And Penny had come over to find the moss, <laughs> which you know originally they sent him to the royal map maker, and then he went out and after they swiped the castle, uh, he was in charge of finding everybody. Because that's, that's, that's what he does, right? At which point. That was the point where, you know, the castle disappears and the map paper is like, oh, no, I got to do this all over again. All these maps are wrong. Yeah, obsolete. You cannot have obsolete maps in Fillory. I'm sorry. Hey, the guy likes his job, so you can't complain about that. I mean, that's a great thing. So Uh, so getting back around to Prince S and Uh Margot, uh, they, of course, have a confrontation where Margot says, "Okay, I'm going to negotiate with you a little bit. And he's like, uh, no negotiation. You're going to marry me and that's it. And Margot pretty much is Margot, the destroyer. And she destroys him right then and there. No, Margot was, uh, was mad at him because he said he's had better than her. And she took that as a challenge. Oh, no. And she, she used that. Like, Margot is the best at, yeah. at everything that you could possibly want. And she has that man in the palm of her hand. So by the time it's over, uh, yeah. Again, she has that man in the palm of her hand, so. And, and Margo wins. Yeah, we find out that he had went to Earth also and was in a school, so he's not, Yeah, he's, he's accustomed to Earth ways as well. Yeah, but not, he still can't handle Margo. He went to Exeter, and like he said, like, there's no better lay than a Lorian, and she's like, excuse me, you haven't met Margo yet. Oh, she had him begging. Yes, she Beg. did. <laughs> But and when all was said and done, uh, she went back to Elliot and she's like, okay, I, I can do this. I can make this work. And then in pops Penny, who decide, finds out that the castle really hasn't moved. It's just got an illusion spell. Yeah. At which like, point. Don't lie to Margot ever. Things went really, really, really bad. <laughs> yeah. And Princess really probably wasn't thinking that was going to be the response that he got from, you know, commanding her. Yeah. Yeah. So and people I, learn today, if you ever lie to Margo or threaten Margo's friends or just cross Margo, our destroyer, she will put her, what is it, Jimmy Choo's mm-hmm. up your behind and kick you into next season? Yes. Is that what she said? Something like that. Yeah. I liked Elliot just sitting there going, uh-huh, yeah, hold, uh-huh. hold on, what? And she's like, no, she was like, and we declare war. Hold on, what? And, he, and he's like, yes. And he like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. So Mario the Destroyer is destroying. That's, yeah. 
Mm. He should have seen that coming. <laughs> oh yes, don't let her Elliot, know your friend. She was she was mad, mad. Yeah, because she she kind of fell for the guy a little bit. Mm-hmm. On to Katie and Julia. Yes, Katie and Julia. Uh, but before we get to Katie and Julia, there was that cool moment uh, in um, Margot's dream where we see her very vulnerable. Oh, when Penny went to talk to her. <laughs> yes. I love that they brought that back, that he can do the whole dream walking thing. I for, I had forgotten about that, actually. Yeah, that was one of my favorite episodes last season. Right, but it was just it was one of those things. We haven't seen it since then, so I was like, oh, yeah, that happened. Yeah, so and that worked all, out. That was perfect. Yeah, she was all worried about not being able to pass her midterm. And that was the one yeah. thing, you know. And Alice is like, what are you talking about? I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. All right. So Katie and Julia. Last week didn't work out so well when they tried to get rid of uh, Renard's uh, offspring. So they tried a little something different. Katie has a friend or her mom knew someone who might have some spells that could help Julia. And she told Julia just to hang out at her place. Don't do anything else. And, uh, you know, I'll go check out this lady and see what she's got for us. And what does Julia do? She messes up. She yeah, she goes off on her own. Like in a horror movie or a horror TV show, you should never go off on your own unless you're a penny and you have the power to pop in and out of places. If you're going out somewhere, hide behind the chainsaws. That usually works out better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there are rules, people. Yeah. But yeah, so she goes to the strange woman's house and it turns out to be the the woman who banished Renard 40 years before. And Julia spills her guts. She tells her everything. that The fact that she's pregnant and she's trying to get rid of the baby. And the woman promises to help her and tell exactly what happened. Right. And you know things are going to go really wrong when she lures Julia into a basement. Well, Julia was at least smart enough to throw her own ward onto the wall. So as a tracking yeah. device for Katie. And you had to love that. You know, that's a lot of oh, kitty yeah. litter right there. Yeah. I was very happy with that little breadcrumb. Yeah. Well, the kitty litter, too. I was like, hmm. A lot of kitty litter. Ooh, that was scary. So uh, initially, when Julia ended up in that room, I thought that the dude that was chained up was uh, the forty-year-old Reynard's offspring, demigod right. child. Right. The Hexen, the Hexen Baskin. Yes, but apparently it's just um, it nullifies magic, so that makes you, it know, you invisible. Yeah. So that's where she had been hiding. She caught the Hexen Baskin probably a long, long time ago. And that left her, you know, hidden pretty much. Except the only people who could find him was Katie and Julia because they were actually able to use the blood that she mm-hmm. had. To which we found out that, you know, the only way that she was able to banish Renard was by giving birth and harnessing the power of the baby at the birth. And we find out that the baby is alive and well and a grown man now, and he's very successful. So I'm very sure that we'll see this grown man again. Oh, I'm thinking so, too. But if she harnessed all his power when he gave when she gave birth, does he still have power? I would well, think I so, don't know that she harnessed all of his power. Or just enough? But you would think a little demigod would be very powerful. I, you would think so. Ooh, maybe this little demigod would be powerful enough to replenish the well. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder or if not even him. Julia's a little demigod. Well, I think the Hexenblaskin is just a—it's just one of the creatures. It's not really a demigod. 
No, 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 not that. I'm, oh, not, I'm not talking about him. Julie, uh, I'm Julia's talking about baby. The, her actual forty-year-old offspring that that she had and used to uh, banish Reynard way back when, or Julia's that she's currently carrying. I would go more with Julia's. I don't know if the other guy would. You know, I don't know until we find out well, who, more it, about him. Like just the fact that she mentioned like that he he's, he's all grown up and you know, we'll never know who he is and that he's leading a successful life now. It makes me feel like we'll see him right? or he could be like Quentin's father or something, but he's, his father's not old enough or young enough. No, I think he's, I think he's someone totally different. Yeah. Saying that he makes it seem like he's, you know, government or something like that, but I guess we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I did like how the Hexen Baskin wanted to make friends with Julia, took her over a little, uh, little I felt so bad. And just, here you go. You can have this. Take this bone. And I thought she was going to use that bone to pick whatever lock. Or I thought she was going to use it as a shiv, but that didn't happen either. That works too. And then Katie finally shows up down there. And that's where we find out that the magic doesn't work. But that doesn't matter because she knows how to hit people. Yes, she does. (laughs) Katie's a tough girl. It takes them out, which is... You know, pretty badass for Katie. I, I I love that she's back and doing stuff. I can't wait until she actually meets up with Penny again at some point. Me too. Because that so needs to happen. Yes, I agree. But I, I like the fact that, again, she and Julia are, like, not BFFs, but, like, she has, like, Julia needs somebody, especially with what's going on. Well, and I'm glad that it's Katie that's able to, you know, help her out. They're best bitches. They're best bitches for sure. That's, you know, that's where they're at. Now... With uh, Dana knocked out from the right hook, mm-hmm. Julia, smart idea to take the Hexen Baskin with them because it, you know, See, help keep them hidden. So I thought she was doing it to be nice for a minute. But again, like you said, it makes more sense that it that she would take him with her because like that will be a good way to hide from Renard. I think she's going to be nice, too. I, th- I bet I, I'm wondering if the Hexen Baskin is going to change when she gets him away from there. Like Possibly. not trapped or as much or whatever. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm just curious how she's going to work that whole thing, because you know if he was able to keep Renard from finding Dana, because mm-hmm. you know, as soon as he was gone, he was right on her. Oh, for sure. So if he was able to, if she's able to keep the hexen basket and able to keep Renard away, that would be really good in their term. They would that would make things better for him, a little bit safer as they try to figure out what to do, especially mm-hmm. if she has to go to term with the child and cast like that. Well, unless we get a time jump or uh the demigod births are a little accelerated, like I don't I, I want to know how quickly this is going to work. Well, we're already more than halfway through the season, or right. just about half. We're halfway we're, through this the, is episode six. True, we're halfway through the season, but there's been a lot of times that's gone over, that's gone by during the season with the characters. And this is one of those things that we always have this hard thing of trying to figure out, is like how much time has gone by. Because Q was working at his job for more than a day. Really? Yes. Maybe a week. Uh, yeah, at least something, at least long enough to be in there. But, I mean, that's the whole thing. It was like we've had some time. And Penny was, you know, up in the Arctic Circle for more than just a day also. Because okay, I'm pretty I'm sure that. that he didn't um, make sawdust out of a table all that quick. True. True. And it must have taken Margot the Destroyer at least a week to forgive Penny, not Penny, Elliot, for uh, his transgression last week. 
see, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think we've had a lot of time go by, and the only we never have any of these things that tell us how much goes by. So we always well, and it couldn't have been much though, because again, remember, um, Q went to the memorial this week. Well, that's true. Yeah, but then again, we also have the whole thing where time travels differently in Fillory, also. So also true. There's that. All right. So Julie can just go and to Fillory, and then Q can be gone for a minute, and then come back, and she's like, "Oh, look, look what I did." Julia could go to Fillory, couldn't she? Yes, she could. But they don't want her there, so there's that. Well, because they don't know everything that happened yet. Yeah, there's that. Hmm. Although Margot kind of knows now. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to figure that out as we go along. So you got anything else on this one? <sighs> Finn did look bigger. Like, I don't know if it was the dress that she was wearing, but I thought she looked pregnant. I'll go like with just that. talking about time. I'll have to pay more attention to that. I really didn't notice that one as much. Yeah. But yeah, th- that's pretty much all I had, except for Margot's resting bitch face. Yeah. I think we all need that face. Yep. That's the destroyer face right there. <laughs> well, if you aren't there already, head on over to purefandom.com and check out some of the other killer articles posted there. You can check out some of our older articles. You can check out some of our older podcasts on Incorporated, Van Helsing, 12 Monkeys, and other shows. There are also a lot of awesome writers over there putting out some amazing work. If you have any thoughts or comments about the episode, let us know in the comments section below or hit us up on the Twitter or Facebook page. Remember, we have three different groups that you can go to. You can go to the Pure Fandom group, you can go to the Bratton Court Talk group, or if you want to talk Van Helsing, stop by there. Yep, any one of those. Just pick one and go. So, until next time, don't forget the economy-sized kitty litter. Gross. That's it for this episode. Head on over to purefandom.com for more awesome content.